On today's episode, another barn burner last night at the United Center in a matchup between two of the bottom teams in the NHL this season, but the Blackhawks emerged victorious, defeating the Flyers 3-1. Also yesterday, head coach Derek King announced that forward Kirby Doc and defenseman Connor Murphy will officially be shut down for the remainder of the regular season. And then top prospect Lucas Reichel just keeps on making history down with the Rockford Icehogs. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Tuesday, April 26th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, then please go and show some support first by following the podcast. It'll only take a quick couple of seconds. Literally just a quick click of the button will help me out tremendously. Also, be sure to go and leave the show five stars if you like what you're hearing today as well. And if you're tuning in through Apple Podcasts or through Spotify, then go and leave me a review as well. I always greatly appreciate getting feedback from my tremendous listeners out there. And best of all, it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. It's all 100% for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode, then go and give your head a shake. Go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube, folks, because each and every episode from here on out, if you haven't gotten the memo already somehow, each episode from here on out is going to have a video version attached to it as well. So if you haven't done so yet, please, please, please. Go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. Just got over the 100 subscriber hump. I'm really trying to keep boosting those numbers up. Go and smash the like button for me as well. And also go comment down below. What was your favorite moment between Patrick Kane and Alex DeBrinket this season? Because we've seen those two connect on plenty of goals throughout the way, including another big one last night. So go comment down below. What was your favorite moment between Alex DeBrinket and Patrick Kane this season? And also, be sure to turn on those push notifications as well so you can be notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right, good morning, everyone. As always, thank you for tuning into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks, and for making the show your first listen here to start off your day. And to open things up this morning, folks, let's kick it off by getting into the Blackhawks' 3-1 to win over the Philadelphia Flyers last night. And as I talked about on the show yesterday, uh, a matchup between two of the bottom teams in the NHL this season, two of the bottom five teams in terms of the standings. And the Flyers are actually <clears throat> one of the few teams who have fewer points than the Blackhawks do at this point. So uh, obviously, neither team had anything to play for last night except for their own pride. Uh, and really there was nothing too spectacular that we saw from this game that I'm going to break down on the show here today. Uh, both teams, you know, did have their opportunities and have their chances to make this one 
uh, much more entertaining and certainly a lot more high scoring of an affair than we saw. There was actually nine power play opportunities combined for these two teams last night. The Hawks had five, the Flyers had four, but neither team was able to convert on a single one of them. They combined to go 0 for 9 on the man advantage last night, uh, and that was really, I think, a big factor and what led to this one being a three to one final, uh, because in the final 40 minutes of this one, they're just, neither team was able really to find the back of the net. The Hawks did score once in the third period, which I'll get into in just a moment, uh, but there were scoring chances. Neither team was just able to convert on them, which is a sign of bad teams. That's what bad teams do. They get their chances, but they don't take advantage of them. They don't grab hold of the opportunity. We saw that on both sides uh, last night at the United Center, both teams had their had their chances, but um, the goaltending surprisingly was a lot better than you would have thought in a matchup between uh, Kevin Lankinen and Felix Sandstrom. Also, considering that both these teams are in the bottom five <clears throat> of the NHL defensively this season, uh, that was certainly a bit surprising. I bet a lot of people had the over in this game, uh, and it looked like it was going to be on track to hit last night because the first period undoubtedly was the most entertaining stretch. Um, Right out of the gate, there was a lot of good pace, a lot of back-and-forth action, scoring chances, as I said, for both sides, odd man rushes for both sides. Uh, And the Hawks were the ones who were able to grab and get out to an early lead as uh, just over a minute into the game, Eric Gustafson snapped his 19-game goal drought for his third tally of the season. Jonathan Taves set that up with some good recognition in the offensive zone, pulling up and finding the open Gustafson at the point. And then Taves himself, just a couple of minutes later, jumped right out of the penalty box. A beautiful feed from Sam Lafferty, sprung Taves for a breakaway, and he beat Sandstrom five-hole to put the Blackhawks ahead two to nothing. And that now gives Taves eight points in his last nine games. Uh, That second line of... Excuse me. Uh, he, Dominic Kubalik, and Tyler Johnson have been very effective here over the last handful of games. We saw Taves make a beautiful pass to Johnson for the lone goal on Saturday night against San Jose. And in the opening seven minutes of this one, he already had his 12th goal of the season, as well as adding a primary assist. And Dominic Kubalik as well, he picked up the secondary assist on Eric Gustafson's opening goal of the game. And that now gives Kubalik 10 points in his last 14 games as well. So, uh, Kubalik has been, it's been an up and down year, but he has been far more consistent down the stretch of the season, which, you know, I'm sure is going to help his confidence, hopefully a little bit heading into the off season. I know it's been such a tough year for Kubi and he's looked nothing like the player he was just a couple of years ago when he finished as a finalist for the Calder trophy and was a 30 goal scorer and showed tremendous chemistry with Jonathan Taves. Those two have kind of gotten back to that over the past uh, two or three weeks. And that could have, you know, a little bit of a say in the matter on what the Hawks and Kyle Davidson want to do with Kubelik when he becomes a restricted free agent this summer. But some solid play by the second line put the Blackhawks ahead two to nothing early. The Flyers, though, would answer right back to cut the deficit in half. And again, it, it was an odd man rush that came back to bite the Blackhawks in the butt. We saw that happen twice. In Saturday's game out west in San Jose, both Alec Regula and Alex Vlasic, the two young defensemen for the Blackhawks right now, made a couple of bad mistakes, bad turnovers that led to on-man rushes for the Sharks and ended up in the back of their net. And this was uh, another one that really cost them. Uh, Eric Gustafson made 
a poor decision in the offensive zone, kind of a blind pass back to the center of the ice. That led to a two-on-one for the Flyers, and Kevin Hayes was able to beat Lankinen with a one-timer to cut the Hawks' lead to to 2-1. to But that wound up being the only goal that Kevin Lankinen surrendered in this one, and you got to give him some credit. It wasn't, it certainly wasn't pretty. I mean, Lankinen again, I was kind of sliding all over the place, lost his net a couple of times, almost had a few goals go in from bad angles. Uh, he had some shots, hit the post, also got some help from uh, Alec Regula and, and Riley Stillman to save a couple of goals there. So as I said, it wasn't pretty, but all in all, Lankinen ended up stopping 33 of the 34 shots that he faced last night to pick up just his seventh win of the season in his 28 starts. And I talked about this on the show yesterday, actually, but uh, I've thought Lankinen, no doubt, it's been a bad year for Kevin Lankinen, and he just consistently has not been there. And there are even, you know, a lot of stretches where he doesn't look like an NHL goaltender. Um, But I've thought these past four or five games, have probably been some of the best hockey that he's played all season long. And I know when you go and look at uh, the game logs and everything, the numbers probably won't back that because uh, he still has been giving up three or four goals regularly. Um, But looking at some of his past outings, that Saturday game that the Blackhawks played a few weeks ago in Nashville, he was standing on his head and really was a big reason why the Blackhawks had a chance to come back late in that third period. And then against Calgary, too. The Flames were able to pot three by him in the first period, but I didn't think any of those were his fault. A couple of redirects on shots from the point. And then also Johnny Goudreau was just given way too much open ice by after a com- complete breakdown from uh, Taylor Radish and Sam Lafferty in the defensive zone. And then after that three-goal first period, Lankinen went on to stop every shot that he faced in the final 40 minutes and once again gave the Blackhawks some life down the stretch. They weren't able to tie it up. But they had an opportunity to because Kevin Lankinen made some big saves. And even in that game on Saturday against San Jose, the first goal was undoubtedly on him. It was a terrible rebound. He kicked it right to the center of the ice. But the other goals that the Sharks scored, Nick Bonino sniped one home on the power play. And then it was two two-on-one rushes for the Sharks led by their big guns, Timo Meyer and Tomas Hurdle. So all in all, I definitely do think Lankinen has been playing a bit better here as of late, some of his better hockey of the season. But the same problems still in a win or in a loss are evident, right? His inability to be in sound position at all times, right? He's always gliding post to post. And uh, there were a couple times where he slipped and f- slipped and fell last night. And uh, the net was vacant for like five seconds. Blackhawks defensively were able to hold off the Flyers' offense to prevent from anything finding the back of the net. But um all in all, Lankinen still has plenty to work on in the offseason if he ever wants to be given a number one job again in the NHL because the little things, the rebounding and the positioning just have not been there night in and night out like you know, you'd expect him to be, uh, expect them to be as he's now. I know it's only his second NHL season, but he's about to be 27 here in a couple of days. So um, even though he's young in his NHL days, um, He's still getting up there in age and kind of at that time where goaltenders should be peaking and should be heading into the highest points of their career. So uh, it's been a little bit of a struggle for Lankinen, but at least he has been playing uh, some better hockey here down the stretch. That His play you know, kept the Flames off of the board there. The Blackhawks were hanging on to their 2-1 to lead late in the third period, and they went on to add an insurance goal from who else but Patrick Kane and Alex DeBrinkett connecting once again 
Hayner sets up to bring it for a one-timer, and he absolutely buried it for his 41st goal of the season, which ties a career high that he set a few years back the last time he was a 40-goal scorer. It also was his 77th point of the season, which sets a new career high for him. And then for Kaner, who, of course, had the primary assist on that goal from Debrinket, that gave him his 66th assist of the season, which also ties a new career high. So uh, the big guns just keep getting the job done for the Blackhawks. They've been doing that all season long. And if they're able to connect another time um, in these final two games, they're going to be setting career highs in a couple more departments. So uh, those two, you know, just keep carrying the mail for the Blackhawks. Uh, keep being an absolute joy to watch despite this being a disastrous, abominable, whatever you want to call it. It's been bad, as bad of a season. Uh, but they went on to add the insurance goal late last night for the Blackhawks. A beautiful goal, beautiful feed from Kaner, a beautiful top shelf snipe from the Cat. It's 41st of the season. And the Blackhawks were able to hold on down the stretch and defeat the Flyers 3-1 to in their second-to-last home game of the regular season. All right, there is a quick recap of the Hawks picking up a 3-1 to win over the Flyers last night. Coming up in just a moment, I am going to get into Kirby Doc and Connor Murphy being shut down for the remainder of the season. But first, I got to talk to you all about HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you can get farm-fresh... Sorry, you can get farm fresh, free portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable, which is why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh offers the flexibility that you need to easily customize your order online or through the HelloFresh app. You can easily change your delivery day, your food preference, and the plan size. And you can warm yourself up from the inside out with these limited time recipes like beef tenderloin and cheese fondue, which I actually got to try a sample of uh, a couple of weeks back. It tastes unbelievable, does not taste like, tastes like something that you'd make fresh from scratch. I also got to try the miso sesame shrimp and bacon ramen, which for all my ramen lovers out there like myself are definitely going to want to try. So for a limited time offer, you can go to HelloFresh.com slash LOCKDOWN16 to try these meals. And if you use the code LOCKDOWN16, you'll get up to 16 meals for free as well as three free gifts. You heard that right, folks. You just got to go to HelloFresh.com slash LOCKDOWN16 and use the promo code LOCKDOWN16 to get up to 16 meals for free and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Moving on into segment two today, I also had to be sure to talk for a moment about both forward Kirby Doc and defenseman Connor Murphy officially being shut down for the remainder of the regular season. Yesterday, we heard Blackhawks head coach Derek King speak to the media and unsurprisingly announced that uh, neither Doc nor Murphy will suit up for another game this year. And this is something I've talked about recently here on the show as well a couple of times, but with, with nothing left to play for this season and also considering that <clears throat> both of these two are meaningful players for the organization, they're both likely to play meaningful roles for the team throughout this rebuild. There's just absolutely no reason to bring them back in a meaningful stretch of hockey and, and risk them getting re-injured. It just simply wouldn't make sense. 
So not too shocking at all to hear this news. I kind of also assume that Mackenzie Ann Whistle is going to be in the same boat too. He suffered a shoulder injury recently, and uh, being a young player who has you know plenty of better days ahead of him, there's just no point in bringing him back either. So I'd expect Entwistle to be joining Kirby Doc and Connor Murphy and uh, sitting up in the press box for the remainder of the year. Uh, but for Doc, he's now missed uh, each of the Blackhawks' last five games after suffering a right shoulder sprain in the Hawks' 5-4 to four shootout victory over the San Jose Sharks back on April 14th, which was also Pat Foley's final game up in the broadcast booth. Uh, but for Doc, now that his season, his season has officially come to an end, uh, man, what a tough year it was for the kid. He finished with only 26 points in his 70 games played, just nine goals and 16 assists. Offensively, you know, certainly didn't take the leap that a lot of Blackhawks fans or probably he himself were hoping for when the season started. And I don't know, I don't know if any Blackhawks player took as much heat as Kirby Doc did this year. A lot of people were and still are bashing him on social media, which led to him deleting all of that around Christmas time. And listen, I understand the frustration with Doc. The offense simply wasn't where it needed to be, and he just hasn't been a consistent enough weapon out there for the Blackhawks throughout his NHL career so far. Um, and we ha- he just has to be better. I completely get that, and I'm not denying that at all. I think we know Kirby is capable of more, and the consistency just it just isn't there. And it's really frustrating. And not only offensively have we seen him struggle, but we've also seen him struggle at the faceoff dot as well. He's really yet to figure it out there either. Doc won less than 33% of his faceoffs this season, which has to be right there among the worst in the entire NHL. And because of these struggles, Derek King even gave Doc an opportunity out on the wing for a couple of times down the stretch there. And I actually thought he played fairly well for not having. Uh, gotten an opportunity there so far uh, up at the NHL. Um, but now that he's about to play in essentially his fourth NHL season, I know there's been a bunch of injuries. And uh, this was really, even though he, he's going to play in only 70 of the 82 games, this was really kind of his first full year up with the Blackhawks. Uh, last year, he only played 18 games. And as a rookie, he played 68, but spent some time in Rockford. Um, I feel like this was his first real full year with a full training camp, a full off season and all of that. But anyways, now that this is kind of going to be his fourth NHL season, I think you kind of, it's time for him to figure out what he's going to be, right? Like we can't be still bouncing him back between center and the wing, figure out if he's a center or if he's a wing and leave him there. I personally think they're probably going to be leaving him at center and just hoping that he'll be able to figure it out at the faceoff dot eventually. But there, there definitely are concerns considering how, you know, he, he's practicing with Jonathan Taves regularly and still is one of the worst faceoff men in the entire league. Um, but it's just time for him and the Blackhawks to figure out what position he's going to play permanently. And it's also time uh, for him to start showing more offensively than we've seen so far because th- there's just no way around it. Doc, his offensive game has been disappointing, especially for a number three overall pick. And I know I've talked about this personally. This has been my defense of Kirby Doc when people are hating on him. Go and look at his numbers in juniors. He, in his last year with the Saskatoon Blades, he was barely a point-per-game player for them in his third or I believe it was his third year in the WHL. He was barely a point-per-game player. Like, 
the offense has never necessarily been his bread and butter. And I think, you know, believing that this guy is going to be a point per game player might have been a little bit foolish of us Blackhawks fans early on in his career because I, I don't know if he's ever going to be that. Um, but he certainly, you know, has to pick it up and has to be providing more than we've seen, especially this season. I mean, to score nine goals in 70 games, especially when he was given opportunities early to play on the top line. Uh, I know kind of being a revolving door in the lineup and playing with a bunch of different players that probably didn't help his cause. Uh, but to only have nine goals, I mean, if you go and watch this kid in practice, you know he's way too skilled to be putting out offensive, to be putting up offensive output that, that that's that low, kind of a tongue twister there. Um, he just needs to be more consistent on the offensive end. So hopefully <clears throat> Doc is going to take this time, you know, to get himself healthy, both physically and mentally as well. Uh, you can tell that the weight of the world, just he felt like the weight of the world was on his shoulders this season and he just wasn't having a lot of fun out there. And I'm sure the team's play wasn't, was a big part of that too, both on, on the ice and what was going on off the ice as well. Um, but hopefully he'll take the time this summer, you know, to get himself both physically and mentally in shape and to work on his game, especially at the faceoff dot and what he can do offensively, because this team certainly needs him to be better than he's been so far as we move through the rebuild. Uh, as for Connor Murphy, though, he's been out since way back in early March when he suffered that scary hit into the boards from Ottawa Senators forward Parker Kelly and was forced to be stretchered off the ice. It was. Uh, a really scary scene there for Murphy up in Ottawa. Um, and he's been in concussion protocol ever since that occurred. And I, I totally agree with this decision by the Blackhawks and Derek King. I mean, um, Murphy, considering what he can provide this team, and I know we didn't see it enough this year. I thought this was maybe his worst year in a Blackhawks sweater. Uh, but it's the three previous years, he undoubtedly was the team's best defenseman. He's just too valuable at his best to be risking, you know, getting re-injured in three games that literally mean absolutely nothing. Uh, but I will say both Murphy and Jake McCabe, I, I thought were extremely underwhelming for the most part of the season, especially how hyped up their reunion was when they signed McCabe to that four-year deal in the summer, because those two, they were a defensive pairing back in their days with the U.S. national program. And uh, really, it, it looked like they were going to be the shutdown pairing for the Blackhawks this season, and that kind of never happened. I believe, statistically, uh, if you go look at the analytics, at least I'd imagine last time I checked, they were uh, by far the worst pairing together for the Blackhawks who actually logged uh, severe minutes together, not just four or five minutes. No, they played together for quite a while there in the front half of the season and really just could not find any consistency and had a hard time uh, defending well enough to keep the Blackhawks alive. So um, it was definitely disappointing to see both of those two have down years for the Blackhawks. But with that being said, I, I do think both are capable of having bounce back seasons and having better goes of it next year um, because at, at their best, we haven't seen it from McCabe really, uh, but we know what Murphy's capable of. As I said, the last three years, he's definitely been the Blackhawks' best defenseman. So uh, kind of like Doc, you know, it, it only makes sense to shut down Murphy and keep him off the ice for the rest of the season. He actually has been skating for the past couple of weeks in the Blackhawks white non-contact sweater. We saw him on the ice for the morning skate yesterday as well as Kirby Doc. But again, no point in rushing them back for a few meaningless games here in a lost season. So 
Uh, I'm sure we'll see Murphy back at full health when the Blackhawks return to the ice in the fall for the preseason and for training camp. All right, there are some thoughts on both Kirby Doc and Connor Murphy getting shut down officially for the remainder of the regular season. Coming up in just a minute, I will get into top prospect Lucas Reichel continuing to make history down with the Rockford Ice Hogs. But first, I need to talk to you all about rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers and do-it-yourselfers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to skip out on the middleman and to save both money and time while shopping for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even as much as 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or at a new car dealership? Chain stores and car dealerships have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're always reliably low. The rockauto.com catalog is also remarkably unique and super easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, from motor oil to tail lamps and even carpet, and you can also choose the brands, specifications, and the prices that you prefer. Best of all, those prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much money and time for the same parts when you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts that you will ever need for your car or truck for the best possible prices. And be sure to let them know that the Lockdown Podcast Network sent you. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Getting into segment three now today before I wrap things up. I also had to be sure to talk for a moment about Lucas Reichel passing Vinny Hinestroza to become the leading rookie scorer in Rockford Ice Hogs history on Sunday. Reichel picked up two assists in the Ice Hogs matchup with the Iowa Wild, as I said, on Sunday afternoon. And that gave him both his 52nd and his 53rd points of the season. And he's now also sixth in the AHL in rookie scoring, despite playing. Uh, 11 games up at the NHL level with the Blackhawks this year. So Reichel, I mean, just continues to show how dominant he already is at 19 years of age, already a point per game player at the AHL level. And he's also now just three goals shy of uh, Matthew Highmore's rookie goal record for the Ice Hogs that he set in 2017, 2018, when he potted 24 goals. Reichel's on 21 at the moment through 53 games. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to break that record with the Ice Hogs only have a few games left on their schedule. Um, But regardless, whether or not he breaks that, he just continues popping up over the Ice Hogs rookie records. Uh, And all in all, there are just plenty of reasons to believe that he's going to be a big-time factor one day on the NHL scene. And I know we didn't see any consistent point production from him in either of his three stints up up with the Blackhawks this year. But if you watch those final four or five games that he played, he easily could have been a point-per-game guy during that stretch because night in and night out, he was getting prime opportunities to net his first NHL goal. They just weren't finding the back of the net for whatever reason. He seriously could have had four or five there during that stretch. I mean, he was doing all the little things right. He was going to the front of the net. You know, he was 
Uh, you could tell his confidence was growing. He was becoming more poised with the puck on his stick. He was using his speed to his advantage, using his swift stick handling to create some separation and create offensively uh, for his teammates and whatnot. So even though the end result wasn't there for Reichel in his first couple of stints up in the NHL, um, there are undoubtedly plenty of reasons to be excited about his future and to believe that he's going to be a big time. Uh, he's going to play a big time role for the Blackhawks throughout this rebuilding process. And I'm also just super excited to see him lead this playoff push that the Rockford Ice Hogs are about to go on. They have now officially qualified for the AHL playoffs. That's going to be starting up here in just a couple of weeks. Final few games are really just to see who they're going to be playing, what seed they're going to have, yada, yada, yada. Um, but, you know, th this is going to be a really big stretch of hockey for a ton of young guys down with the Ice Hogs, not only Reichel, but, uh, you know, Ian Mitchell, who's been playing a number one defense defenseman role for Rockford, uh, also fellow defensemen like Jakob Galvis, Isaac Phillips, Wyatt Kalanuck. Uh, I, I wonder, I'd imagine Alec Regula is probably going to be sent back down there uh, after the Blackhawks finish up their season, or maybe even after uh, the game on Wednesday against Vegas before the team travels out east, take on Buffalo for the final game of the season. I would imagine that Regula is probably going to be going back down. I don't know if Alex Vlasic is going to be joining him because that would create a little bit of a log jam. Uh, but we'll have to see. But either way, uh, those guys really get to experience the most meaningful stretch of hockey in their young careers. And I, I know it's obviously not the NHL playoffs, but um, it, it's still playoff hockey. Like there's still going to be desperation and uh, the all the emotions, the up and down roller coaster rides, and everything that comes along with postseason hockey. Obviously, it's different than the NHL, but that doesn't mean it's any less meaningful, right? You can't deny that this is going to be very important for these young kids and should help them, you know, grow their games by playing in this type of atmosphere. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch the Ice Hogs play the most meaningful hockey of the season uh, for the Blackhawks organization. I recommend all you folks out there um, tune in for the Ice Hogs playoff run because a lot of those kids that are a part of that roster are going to be up with the Blackhawks in the next couple of years. And uh, the front office is hoping they're they're going to have a lot of they're going to be uh, a lot of the key pieces throughout this rebuilding process. So definitely be sure to tune in to the Ice Hogs playoff run in the next couple of weeks, and I'm sure they'll be led offensively by the Blackhawks' top prospect and now Rockford's all-time rookie scoring leader in Lucas Reichel. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Tuesday, April 26th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you all again for tuning into the show. And be sure to go and follow to the podcast and go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. And you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and tune into Lockdown Fantasy Hockey as hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms. So be sure to check out Lockdown Fantasy Hockey right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, Thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, feel free to email lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 
708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for tuning into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.